Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to On The Legal Tip. I am your co-host, Eka Bakura, and I have... Natalie Griggs, the other co-host. Period. And so we are continuing our criminal um, proceedings, criminal information um, series. This episode, we're really just vibing, guys. It's just it's just vibes. Just go with it. Just go, just with, go it. with it. I think it's going to be a very random episode, but it's but okay. But very informative. Informative and random. But any, either way, you're getting information, right? Okay. So we're continuing with our um, criminal... Um, process series lord have mercy um so today we're going to kind of talk about common crimes but before we get into common crimes we're also going to talk about kind of like the foundation of a crime we're not telling you how to commit a crime we're telling you how you do commit a crime if that makes sense right like so we're not giving you the steps to do it we're letting you know how you know a crime has been committed that see i told y'all coretta (laughs) just just eloquence Okay. All right. So, um, there are a few things we want to talk about first before we're going to talk about intent to commit a crime. We're going to talk about conspiracies. We're going to talk about attempts. And I guess I'll start with intent, right? When you're dealing with intent, intent, intent is the idea to commit, um, to commit a crime or commit an action. Let's not say it's a crime necessarily to, to do an action. So if I want to go to the store, when I get into my car, I am driving with the intention of going to the store. So that's the idea. I want to go to the store. I want to buy groceries, whatever, whatever. That's the intent. So if you are trying to mm, kill somebody, which you should not do, you have the idea in your mind. Hey, when I see you, I'm gonna mess you up. That's your intent. That's your idea. So that's what intent is. The idea. Okay? Okay. And I'm going to take this second to just say, again, this is not legal advice. Mm -hmm. This is generalized knowledge. We are not encouraging you to commit any crimes. We don't want anyone to be locked up behind those bars. It's not fun. I would not know. We would not know. I've never been. But, I mean, hey. Just saying. And I plan on going. Just saying. Okay. So, conspiracy. Okay, so I'll talk a little bit about conspiracy. Um, Conspiracy is more of the collaboration part. So say I want to commit a crime, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm not really, I can't really do it by myself. Mm -hmm. So then I go ask Echo, like, hey, this is what I want to do. How should we do it? Mm -hmm. How can you help? What do you think? That collaboration part is a conspiracy because at that point we are not only have the idea, but we're working together on a plan to commit the crime itself. Mm-hmm. Um, conspiracy can be done in a number of ways. In certain states, um, you have what you call real conspirators, which means everyone in the conspiracy is actually acting with a criminal mind. Um, in certain states, you can have like, I won't say pretend, but a person, for <laughs> instance, if you have like an undercover officer mm-hmm. who is trying to kind of trap you into the conspiracy or who is a part of the conspiracy, but not really with the intention to commit the crime, but more with the intention to kind of catch you committing it. Um, so that would be kind of the difference there. Again, laws vary per state. Um, if you want something specific, you need to kind of look up the information for your specific state. All right. So when we're thinking conspiracy, easy way to think about idea plus plan, conspiracy, intent mm-hmm. plus plan, conspiracy, and then attempt. So you've got the idea, you have the plan. Now it's time to act. When you act, that is an attempt, right? So if the plan was to go rob a bank, the idea was to rob a bank, you met up with your uh, fellow bank robbers, right? And then now you get into the car and you start driving towards um, 
the bank to rob said bank. Now, the question becomes, when does your attempt turn from just an act to the fulfillment of the actual crime, right? Because sometimes there are a lot of places where, no, not lots of places, it is. Attempt is also a crime, mm-hmm. right? When you attempt, when you, that is, you, you're doing an act in furtherance of that crime. So, for instance, if you want to rob a bank, you drive all the way to the bank, you got your people in the car, you got your mask, you got your guns, you're ready. You're about to go open the door to rob the bank. But something stops you, whether the cops got a tip and they stop you before you're able to get into the um, bank and everything. Now, the question is, is this an attempt or did you complete the act? This would be an attempt because you hadn't gotten in there yet. You hadn't like, everybody down, get the money out, whatever, whatever. You hadn't done anything that you were, but you had done several acts. You had gotten the guns. You got the, you got your team. You got your mask. You got your guns. You were at the door about to bust in and do the, do the, um, the act, right? But you were stopped beforehand. So you could be charged with attempted robbery, but not actual like, you know, armed robbery or whatever, but you could be charged with an attempted armed robbery because you have done substantial acts in furtherance of the crime of armed robbery. Even if you didn't complete the act, you didn't complete the steps, but you had done enough for people to be like, yeah, they were trying to rob the bank. <laughs> like, n- there's no questions about it. Like, it, it would be, it has to be something that's, it's clear. Like, even if they didn't do the thing, they had done enough acts that anybody could look at it and be like, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to rob the bank. Right. So the attempt is more kind of the act to put the idea in fulfillment or the act to kind of use the plan that you collaborated on. Um, so just think of it in order. An intent, idea, collaboration, conspiracy, act, attempt. Um, and attempts kind of merge with the crime. So once you actually get in the door, you, mm-hmm. once you actually, you know, tell everyone to stick up, once you actually mm-hmm. steal the money and you walk out, the crime is committed, you are no longer going to be charged with attempt. You'll be charged with the actual crime itself, which would be a bank robbery or just a robbery depending on the, or armed robbery depending on the state. Right. Okay. So now that you've, we've gone over um, the intent, conspiracy and attempt, we want to talk about some like common everyday crimes. Okay. Cause you know, the, you look at the jail, not everybody's a kingpin. You know, not everybody is Al Capone. Not everyone's doing that. But some people, some of y'all are committing crimes every day. And y'all act like you don't know it. You know it. You know it. The speed limit is 55. You're going 100. Crime. <laughs> <laughs> they say drive with your seatbelt on and you don't. Crime. All right? They say use your signal before you merge into my lane and you don't. Crime. Y'all just be out here being rebels. And that's the problem. They say yield. And the yield, you don't have to come to a full line. You don't have to stop. But, but you got to at least slow down and look. And I'm just going to say, part of this, I'm going to attribute to a lot of people not going to traffic school or driving driver's ed. Because apparently that's not a thing everywhere. And it should be. Crime. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all just out here committing crimes. So we're going to talk about some of the common ones. And like, so a lot of the stuff that we um, mentioned. Oh, no, no, no. There's one that we failed to mention. Yeah, you go to Walmart. And you scan a you scan an item for an item that it is not. You are here buying comforters and for the price apples. of a banana. <laughs> Crime. <laughs> or you buying comforters and you sneaking stuff in there. 
crime. Y'all bold. That's called shoplifting, ladies and gentlemen. It's probably going to jail. It's criminal acts. You got intent, conspiracy, and intent, um, what you would call it, just terrible. Anyways, but you know, on the real talk though, some of the common stuff, like one thing I'm um, that I had fun doing when I was doing um, criminal stuff was DUIs. Because DUIs are very technical um, and so everywhere you go. Like, it's very technical. If you don't like science, it's that's all it is. Cause it's, and a DUI is driving under the influence. Some places it's a DWI, driving while intoxicated or impaired. Uh, or impaired. Um, so that intoxication, a lot of people think it's just alcohol. It's not. It's alcohol, it's drugs, which are the most common things alcohol and drugs but alcohol is more common right alcohol is a little bit easier for people to kind of for officers to kind of gauge in the moment right because you have the the symptoms are there the gloss the, you know your gl- eyes are glossed over red you can't you're, you're stumbling a little bit you're slurring your speech whatever whatever and some of y'all be driving with bottles in the car that are open and i think we should know better by now that's also a crime it is but also just to add one thing to what mm-hmm. i just mentioned um, when we talk about not just alcohol, not just drugs, but that includes medications. Mm-hmm. Um, be very careful. I know in certain states in Maryland, they call it drug under control substance. Um, even some of your prescribed medications, you are not supposed to drive around with. So if your medication is making you drowsy and you chose to get behind the car, you are still committing a crime because right. it says right there on the warning label. Do not do operate not... <laughs> heavy machinery. Exactly. And a vehicle is a heavy machinery. It is very heavy. If you can't pick that thing up. It's so. very heavy, so don't do it. But yeah, so like a little bit of um, some tips and tricks to kind of get you out or of, of what to do if you're ever pulled over by the police officer and under suspicion of a DUI. Like I said... I'm not telling you to go out there and drink and drive. I'm, please don't because there are so many people that are killed every single year from drunk drivers. And and sometimes it's not even the driver. It's innocent people that are out here getting killed and things up, uh, um, like that. So please don't do this. But here are just some tips and some things you need to know if you're ever pulled over because we want to give you information. If you're ever pulled over and under suspicion of a DUI, shut up. Um, Go back to our prior episode. If yes. you have learned nothing else from us, shut up. Always exercise your right to remain silent. Always shut up. Let them know you're going to shut up. Don't open your mouth. Don't shut say up. not one word. Shut up. Shut up. Um, because and then I've also seen a lot of people do this too. Um, you get pulled over. Officer ask you, you know why? You know why I pulled you over? Officer ask you, have you been drinking? He's like, I only had one shot. I Mm-mm. only had two shots. You don't of need syrup. to admit Shut that. up. Shut up. Stop because talking. Because now, now they have a reason for you to get out of the car. Exactly. Um, so have they, have you been drinking? Officer, I'm under arrest. What's going on? You don't have to like, you can just be quiet, right? Um, the law permits you to, uh, um, against uh, incriminating yourself, right? And incriminating in, in the state of Georgia. Now, I don't know where, you, where you're listening from, but in the state of Georgia, um, a recent case has come out where that said incriminating yourself includes acts as well, not just words. So when the officers are like, oh, you need to come out. We need you to step out. Can you please step out of the car and um, perform some, from seal, some field sobriety test? No, because at that point, you're not under arrest, right? You're not under arrest. Um, the officer is still asking you, they're still giving you suggestion. Like they're still trying to, you know, gauge you to see, you can say no. Now, um, officer's like, Hey, would you like to take a breathalyzer? No. no. Now, if I do want to let you know, there are consequences for saying no. 
all right i do know like in the state of georgia and i believe in north carolina probably some other states too if you do refuse a breathalyzer you can your license can be suspended for at least for about a year however, however there are certain places i know in the state of georgia as well you can still get temporary license to allow you to drive to and from work but the reason why sometimes we tell you to be quiet is because if you perform the field sobriety test and you fail, your license is getting suspended because you're getting charged with a DUI. And right? also something that I feel like is a big misconception because, you know, our whole purpose of the show is to debunk myths and misconceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, in certain states, there is no blood alcohol content that you have to stay below. So in certain states, the breathalyzers, if you blow, it's just whether or not there's alcohol detected. Right. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what the level is. It's just pass or fail. Mm-hmm. So you're giving people evidence to use against you when you get out of that car, when you take that blow. Right. right. I would much rather have a suspended license than to have evidence that can be used against me to put me in jail. Yes. And also like for the state of Georgia specifically, um, they do have what they call the Alka Center where it can it just senses whether or not alcohol is present in your system. That's usually something that they will give you when you are initially pulled over. That's when you're still on the road. The actual breathalyzer is at the jail, right? Um, so you still can say no. You can still say no. You still say no, still say no. Because I would rather you go ahead, get arrested, they'll let you out the next day or whatever, Um and then maybe your license is suspended, then actually giving them evidence to put you, to give you um, fines, community service, jail time, all of that. You shouldn't be drinking and driving regardless, but just, you know, these are your rights. These are the rights that you can, um, these are the things you should know. And in some states, um, you can actually do a blood test. You can request a blood test instead of a breathalyzer. Mm-hmm. I don't re- say request any test, but what I will say um, from what I've heard, a blood test the, requires a search warrant. It, it requires the judge signing off on. So it's going to mm-hmm. buy you some time, right? <laughs> some time for that alcohol to get out of your system. You know, again, not giving you legal advice. Just think about that. If the option is presented, if you want to be helpful, which I don't think you should, but if you want to be helpful, that could be a way. Or just don't drink and drive. You know what I'm that saying? That would be the best because That's... we're too old for that. There are Ubers. There are taxis. You know, Lyft. we live in Atlanta. There's MARTA. There's Lyft. Just... DC has Metro. Don't drink and drive. Y'all should have friends, family. Somebody can come get you. Right. I will come get you if I know you. If I like <laughs> you. Nah, I'm not getting up out of my bed. But just, yeah, just don't don't drink and drive. But those are some little bit of things that you can um you should be aware of if you ever get pulled over on under suspicion of DUI. Number one, don't say anything. You have the right to um, remain silent. You have the right to not incriminate yourself, and that includes your words and your actions. So don't say anything. Don't do any of the field sobriety tests that they're asking you. They'll likely once you say no um, to all to the field sobriety, they're likely going to arrest you. Just know that I mean they were going to arrest you regardless because they're already suspecting you of a DUI. So you're gonna get arrested when you get to you know get there. Still don't don't do any breath. Say no. Um, keep saying no. Call, you know, let your family members know where you are, you know, so that they can come either bail you out or come get your car and your your stuff or whatever. But just if you take nothing out of this, just say no. And you'll likely be sober before your bond hearing. So mm-hmm. there's also that. Again, mm-hmm. less evidence, the better. Yeah. So that's um, that's that's for DUIs. Um, so then another, next thing I want to talk about was the difference between an assault and a battery because that'd be tripping y'all up. It really does because, um, you know, crime TV lies. And that's what one thing you guys need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So in majority of states, 
an assault is basically there are two types of assault one is criminal one is civil so again we talked about the difference versus civil and criminal today we're going to focus on criminal right so say say i have a gun and somebody just got on my nerves right and i draw my gun at them mm -hmm. i don't fire it i just hold it up so they can see don't be playing with me right mm -hmm. that's an assault because i have put if they got some type of sense i have put apprehension in them i've put fear in them right mm -hmm. i've done something where they know that there is an imminent or immediate possibility that they can be harmed. Right. And that, and what Natalie even explained is more of an aggravated assault because mm -hmm. now a weapon has been, in, has been included. Mm -hmm. But if Natalie gets in my, like if me and Natalie are arguing and I'm like, I'm gonna punch you in the face. That's an assault. That's an assault because it, it's the, the way it's described is it's words or actions that put you in fear of receiving imminent Mm -hmm. meaning right now like it's about to happen it's not i'm gonna punch you tomorrow if i tell him i'm gonna punch you tomorrow that's not an assault because mm -hmm. it's not imminent it's like it means like i gotta do it right now so i had a case um where the charge was a simple assault meaning it was just words not um no no weapons right and the uh the charge was that my client said to the other party i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna fuck you up that's not an assault because if I'm saying I'm going to come back and I'm going to fuck you up, that means I got to go somewhere. Then I got to mm -hmm. come back. That's not imminent. And in that time, whoever the person is has time to leave. Exactly. Right? They so, don't, they have an out. Right. So it's not you saying it, it's, it's, it doesn't, the fear is not reasonable because the fear also has to be reasonable. The fear is not mm -hmm. reasonable. So me saying, I'm going to come back and I'm going to fuck you up. That's not putting you in um, fear of receiving imminent harm. Then I had another case where, um, that were trying to charge my client with assault as well, but my client was handcuffed, okay? He was handcuffed and being held by two police officers. And he was just, he was really being disorderly. He was just yelling in front of this young lady. They tried to say that is an assault. That's not an assault because it's not reasonable for her to be afraid of imminent harm because he's handcuffed and being held down by two police officers. How can, how is that fear reasonable because that fear when we're talking about a fear the fear the fear has to be objective not subjective so meaning we don't care how you felt it just isn't reasonable people would feel. for people to will 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 the reasonable prudent person be afraid in that situation right because if somebody's handcuffed and being held down by two police officers. And he's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You ain't going to do nothing. What you going to do? They're holding you down. Is it reasonable for me to be afraid in that moment? And the jury said no. And I agree. And also, I know um, Eka mentioned earlier aggravated assault. So in certain states, you will hear different degrees. So you might mm -hmm. hear first degree, second degree, third degree. Um, and typically, it kind of goes according to if there are weapons involved, if there are other people around, kind of how severe mm -hmm. that threat was. Um, in the state of Georgia, it is what we call aggravated if there is a weapon or... Or a simple so, assault if yeah. there's no weapon. It's just words. Like, I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm going to fuck you up. And also, again, that reasonable, reasonable, prudent person just basically means a reasonable, usually a reasonable adult, right? Right. So, for instance, I have... Y'all know I'll be around a ton of kids, mm -hmm. nieces, nephews, cousins. Our family repopulates every five seconds. Mm -hmm. um, if my little cousin says i'm gonna do this and that right 
there's no reason for me to really believe that a kid mm-hmm. can really harm me to that level, right? right? So that's not reasonable for me to be like, oh, no, they need to go to jail for assault because right. we see that, too, in the, in the media. Mm-hmm. Um, and threats can be in person. They can be online. Like, there are a number of different mm-hmm. ways that a person can commit assault. Right. But then also, but you have to also understand, too, the biggest part of assault is that that fear is imminent. Mm-hmm. So if someone is like, send you an email, I'm going to beat you up. Uh, okay how over the how you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying so like that's that will likely not be considered an assault because it's not like they're right there about to beat you up that could be considered a terroristic threat possibly right some kind of unless they're well they're in route so it does yeah yeah like if you're yeah yeah yeah, so i mean everything everything that comes down to law the answer is always it depends yeah but generally speaking like if they like if, unless they like they text you, I'm on my way to fuck you up now. Okay, okay, but where you at though? Like, can you give me an ETA? Oh, I'm two hours away. Yeah, I know. Not if assault. they texting you, I'm at your door. Your house, right there, you go. You know what I'm saying? So that could that's that's something that a jury could possibly see as an assault. Now the difference is battery, mm-hmm. right? So for instance, assault is aiming the weapon. Battery is firing it at a person. Right. right? Battery is you know assault is raising your fist. Mm-hmm. Battery is making you know the contact. contact with their face. Right. That's the difference. So battery is actually the physical aspect mm-hmm. of assault. Um, and in certain states, I know Georgia does the family violence battery. Um, in certain places, it's just kind of there's like spousal battery. Mm-hmm. There are different types of battery, but the difference is battery is the actual contact that is made with the person's body. Right. And that contact could be whether or not you intended for it to be with that person. So, like, let's say um, my ex is standing beside Natalie, all right, and I want to punch him in the face. We all do. But I missed his face and I hit Natalie. Have I committed a battery? Yes, because mm-hmm. my intention was to punch somebody, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's unfortunate that it wasn't my ex. It was Natalie that I punched because I wouldn't want to punch Natalie, but I punched her. That is still an offensive touching. I have mm-hmm. still hit her. I have still committed a battery right because so intent can transfer from mm-hmm. one person to the next and that happens for a couple of different types of crime as well as a couple of different type of civil violations too right and so just note too like she mentioned in georgia like georgia does have like different levels of battery so the simple battery where it's like um it may not necessarily be a punch or it could like be maybe i threw something in your direction and it hit you it may not have caused severe damage maybe there was a cut or a scratch or something like that okay simple battery or words or something like that um then obviously there's family violence battery family violence battery is not related just to your family members alone all right if you live in the house with somebody it's in georgia it includes members of your household so if natalie natalie and i were roommates and i hit her that could be a family violence battery which is much worse than a simple battery right because if i hit her it could have been just a simple battery but if we live in the same house that's a family violence battery and in, in georgia Upon your third um, conviction of a family, no, your third charge of a family violence battery becomes a felony because family violence batteries are usually just misdemeanors. But after you get a certain number, it now becomes a felony. And if you get convicted of a family violence battery, a family violence battery in the state of Georgia, you cannot possess a weapon. I don't know, you know, I don't know what they what what they're gonna do soon, you know, with the whole voting and <laughs> rules changing. 
you know, Second Amendment, but all of that. But you can't, you can't possess a weapon, and that's it's one of those misdemeanors that prevents you from possessing a weapon should you be convicted um, of that. So just be mm-hmm. aware, like just because you know it's your your roommate in the in the in the in your same apartment or house or whatever. If y'all get into a fight, that could be considered a family violence battery, and those are those those are that's dangerous. Um, then there's also an aggravated battery. An aggravated battery is where there's some level of disfigurement. So if I punch Natalie in the face and um, I give her a busted lip, right, or knock her tooth out, now it's an aggravated battery. That is a felony. If, um, yeah. So those are some of the levels of batteries and assault. So remember, an assault is like I'm going to do something, right? I lift up my fist, a battery, I hit you. So, so it, y'all keep y'all hands to yourself. Pretty much, and don't threaten people. Yeah, stop, especially idle threats. Just stop. And if and also stop putting stuff in writing. <sighs> we talked about that before, but you know, I'm just gonna reiterate it because some of y'all still clearly don't get the point that the feds are watching at all times. Stop recording everything you do. Instagram yeah. doesn't need to see everything. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, just I, look. I go through Instagram like crying, crying, crying. Mm-hmm. Stop it! Like, I think there were some kids recently that went um to the mall and they were supposed to like do a stage fight for TikTok. They got they got out there and started fighting for real, and they got arrested. Can you like and stop doing these stupid TikTok trends? We <laughs> are too darn old for that. Pause. Like, pause. We are thirty plus. Stop it. Stop. Okay. Go ahead. And tell tell, tell your teenage cousins and nieces and nephews to not be stupid. But anyways, okay. So um, then we were also going to talk about... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do we do felony versus misdemeanor? No, I was going to do that right now. Okay. But I think we mentioned it before, like felony versus misdemeanor. Felony in the state of Georgia is anything you can be convicted in prison for more a year plus. Like more than a year. So like if you get convicted for one year and one day... The, the felonies that's the that's the um that's that that's a felony lord have mercy words um whereas a misdemeanor you could be convicted for 12 months and below okay so for like so di- misdemeanor is more like minor yes um misdemeanor you're going to the local jail yes yeah, so misdemeanor you're not going to prison for misdemeanor you're going you're going to do your time in jail felony you are going to prison you are going where they say down the road <laughs> that's where you're going for them felony charges um so our felonies when you think about felonies think about like i mean it's the big stuff obviously but it's also like you know big stuff the for real crime crimes. murder trafficking kidnapping um aggravated assault yeah, possession with intent to distribute um, simple possession of controlled substances, um, schedule one, schedule two, schedule four. Um, so those are your meth, your heroin, your, um, cocaine, uh, crack, bat, whatever, whatever it is that y'all, y'all be doing. I don't know. I don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and you shouldn't either. <laughs> so those are your, you know, those are your felonies. But then there are also some like stuff that you would not think to be a felony too. Like for instance, that by shoplifting. If you shoplift in the state of Georgia something over $500, that is a felony. So if you go to Walmart and you steal four TVs, that is a felony. If you um, go and you take whatever it is, $500 or more, it's a felony. If you steal somebody's car and the car is a hoopty, but if that car is worth more than $1,500, that is a felony. And also, I know um, Ekup touched on it before mm-hmm. with the family violence battery, but a lot of crimes, if you have repeated violations... 
it becomes a felony. So yes. if you've had one too many DUIs, because one, bro, mm-hmm. I had a personally eight DUI. At some point, y'all gotta stop. Um, because now it's a felony, right? <laughs> too many assaults, too many DUIs, family violence, batteries, too even many shoplifting. Goals. Yeah, even even if you have if you have multiple shopliftings within a certain amount of time, it becomes a felony regardless of the amount. So I've seen people charged with um, theft by shoplifting felonies for having a hundred dollars worth of stuff because it's like, bro, it's you, can you not like this is like your tenth one this month, bro? Stop. I mean, I know it's hard out here, but Lord have mercy. So. um if it's some criminal damage to property, like if you damage someone's property over that's worth over $500. So when you out there about to bust the window out of his car, okay, because you listen to Jasmine Sullivan and you mad because you saw him, but it wasn't really him, but you thought it was him. Then you went and you busted all the windows in his car and he got that new Dodge Charger because you know he loves a Charger. What? Okay, he got whatever he got. I, clearly, I don't know. Because I just know all I know anyways. But he's got a nice car, whatever. You bust out the windows and you bust the tires and everything. Just know every window, there's there's a monetary um, uh, value to it. And if it's all over $500, felony. You don't want to do that, people. So y'all got to find other ways to get your crazy out, right? Go. Other ways. Yes. Other non-criminal ways. Just, just things that are minor inconveniences and annoyances, you know. Not something that's criminal. Not that I would know. But. Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, so I think we kind of touched base on a little bit of everything that we wanted to talk about. Oh, we didn't talk about trafficking, possession versus distribution. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, listen. Drug trafficking. Woo, buddy. Those are fun. <laughs> I never got the chance to, like, really, like, do any, like, for real, for real trafficking cases because I was a public defender, right? So the people who were, like, trafficking the big stuff, they don't need me. <laughs> they had an attorney on deck. Like, y'all, okay. Fun story. Well, not, I don't know if it's a fun, fun story. We had, um, whenever we would get, like, warrants, um, when people get arrested, we get their warrants within, like, a day or so. We kind of look to see. If they're charged with trafficking, we want to always want to see, like, how much are they trafficking? If it's, like, oh, it's, like, 200 grams of meth. Like, okay, it's not, that's not big-time trafficking. It's, you know. It's not that much. When we start seeing kilos, we're like, oh, <laughs> you big time. You are big pimping. You don't need me. So sometimes we'll be like, we'll go talk to them because obviously we need to talk to them to make sure that they have an attorney. But before we get there, an attorney has filed an entrance. That's because when you're trafficking with the big stuff, you got somebody on standby. Because you know you're wrong. I mean, it could be not your car. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Things happen, you know. So, um... Trafficking, trafficking is like where, when people think about trafficking, the way that the, 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 the state charges trafficking, people think about trafficking is like, oh, I'm moving all these drugs and I'm bricks. selling it. I'm moving bricks. I'm doing all that. Sometimes that's not really it. Sometimes it's just you possess an amount that the state considers to be a trafficking amount. We had, we had a case where there was somebody who um, had a lot of like what the state, a trafficking amount of, of meth. But they were like, it wasn't, they weren't selling it. It was literally for their personal use. He was like, I live too far away from my dealer. So I just went in, I just buy, I just buy, you know what I'm saying? Like people got bunkers filled with, um, with canned goods for the apocalypse. He had mad. (laughs) He was trying to be ready just in case. He's like, cause I can't, traffic is hard. I can't be driving into town every couple of days because I need, I'm just going to buy a bunch of it. Technically, you know what I'm saying? So that's, so he was, he. He treated his dealer like Sam's Club. You buy in bulk. <laughs> <laughs> so 
he bought in bulk and unfortunately got arrested with his bulk and he was charged with trafficking, which is much more severe than just possession, right? Because if you have possessions that, okay, this is for personal use, you can now try to argue, you know, this person maybe has a drug issue. We shouldn't be more focused on maybe getting them into rehab, maybe a drug um, court or things of that nature. But when you out here with trafficking them out, now they have to think like, are you selling? Are you a supplier? Are you a dealer? And that's much, those crimes are much more serious than just simply having possession of an amount for personal use. And usually those open up the floodgates for them to look for evidence of other crimes. Right. Like, you know, do you have one too many weapons? Are you not supposed yes. to have weapons? Yes. Um, are there other people they can kind of track or connect to you so they can say, oh, this is a big conspiracy. This is right. this, this and that. You know, they can make it sometimes larger than what it really is Mm -hmm. um so again you shouldn't be out here trafficking yeah and then also too with for those of you who do drugs um like i said i don't i don't know nothing about it but if you um partake in recreational drugs even if you have a weapon legally you cannot have drugs on you and have a weapon as well even if you purchase that weapon legally you did everything right because now it's possess now you if you get arrested you're getting arrested for the possession of whatever drug you had and then also possession of a firearm during the commission of a crime because you're not supposed because to you're have not the supposed drug. to have drugs so I've seen that happen a lot where people have been arrested for possession of drugs and they have a firearm so now they have two felony charges and they're like but I bought those gu- the gun legally I have a license it's but like- you didn't buy the drugs <laughs> but you're not supposed to have drugs at all so that's the crime so it's very cut and dry there's not a lot. Um, there's not a lot of wiggle room in those situations. Like, did they have the drugs or did they have the drugs? Yes. Did they have a gun? Yes. We're not asking if the gun is illegal or not. You're just not supposed to have both at the same time. So like I said, pick a crime. Don't do both. You know what I'm saying? Um, so because that also kind of goes into like, well, is this person a dealer? Why you got drugs and a gun? Who, you know, who you, who you fighting to keep away from your drugs? Like Mm -hmm. things like that. So I'm not here to make it make sense to you. I'm just here to explain it to you. And then, of course, possession is just exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Usually, you have a smaller amount of whatever illegal drugs you care to partake in mm-hmm. um, that you're not supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And then, also with possession too, and trafficking. Think about it too. When we think of when we say drugs, it's not only just you know weed, meth, cocaine. You know, a lot of these oxy, <laughs> yes, these drugs that can be pres- this prescription Fentanyl. drugs are um you can you're not supposed to have a certain amount you know you can't have them obviously if you have them if you have a prescription for it and you can you know show it just and and also please 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 if you have a prescription for any of these opiates right obviously be very very careful because they're very addictive and it could lead into some an addiction to painkillers and things of that nature but also don't remove them from the original packaging yes. because the packaging it comes in has your name on it has your information on it so if you should ever get pulled over and the you know for whatever reason you don't listen to us and you allow the officers to search your car and they find these drugs it's like you can it's quick to prove like oh no i have a prescription for it because it's right mm-hmm. there on the label but when y'all start moving like oh i only need one so i'm going to take one and hold it no it looks like you just bought it 
from your local drug dealer, like, or somebody off of Euphoria. And then they're going to want to test it. And then you have to go through the Walgreens, the Walmart, mm-hmm. the CVS to get all your records. And then have to cross that with the doctor to show that it was really prescribed and it was exactly. from that batch. It's just a whole bunch of exactly. unnecessary mess you don't want to go through. And all of that when you, now you're arrested with a possession, with possession of a controlled substance. Now and you're behind the wheel. So that goes right back to you driving exactly. while ta- Yeah. Because now you've done all that and now you have a pending felony on your record. When you have a felony that's pending on your record, ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know that it makes, even if you are not convicted, it makes it very difficult for you to do lots of things. Imagine if you are trying to get a job and they do a background search, they will see that a felony is pending. More than likely, you're not getting that job. Whether it's not because you're not qualified, but it's like some um, employers, if you have a if you have something pending on your record, they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know if you're going to get found guilty. They're, they're trying to protect their bottom line. So if I hire you and then tomorrow you're guilty, now I don't lost an employee. Now I got to do this all over again. I might as well just go with the person that doesn't have something pending on their record. And usually it's harder to get off the record as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like we talked about kind of pleas one time before, but like it's harder to kind of get some things expunged than like, you know, I ran one too many red lights. Yeah, and then also, too, it's like, and when something is pending, especially I can speak here, when it's pending, you don't know when, you don't know when that thing will be resolved, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know when, you don't, you don't know how, when it'll be resolved and how it'll be resolved. And so, especially with COVID, like, I mean, the courts are already backlogged, but now mm-hmm. because of COVID, people are waiting two years, three years. Um, I had a client waiting eight years. Mm-hmm. It was immigration work, so it was different. Mm-hmm. But still, like, you wait a lot longer. So you are kind of in that limbo for a lot longer when you can just do stuff the right way yeah. or not do things at, at all. all. So just before you do something that is foolish, think about it. Think, 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 think. Is it worth it? Right? Is all of this worth it in the end? Because when you out here having... Even misdemeanors, open on your record. I've I've heard from many a clients. It's just been, what's going on with my case? What's going on with my case? I need to go. I can't get a job. I can't get an apartment. I can't do this because my background is coming up. That this is pending. Like I've had to write letters to employers saying, look, this case is just pending. We don't know when it's gonna happen. And it sometimes it still doesn't help. So mm-hmm. just think before you act. I'm not trying to preach to you, but I am trying to preach to you at the same time. Think before you act because a lot of the stuff that you want to do, sometimes people are doing things off of impulse. Because like I said, y'all not out here like in organized crimes. You're not a kingpin. You're not Al Capone. You A lot of the time when people are committing crimes, it's out of just recklessness and impulse. So think before you act. Okay? Okay. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> it. I think um, it definitely got it got a little preachy, but sometimes you gotta preach to the people, let them know what's going on. But so y'all can be delivered. Hallelujah! I'm doing right. dumb stuff. Yes, please don't be dumb. Okay. Um. So thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Please keep listening. Keep keep listening. Keep sharing and um, follow us on Instagram at on the legal tip so you can stay abreast on all of the things that we have going on which is really just when a new podcast is going to be posted mm-hmm. and right we're going to eventually we were discussing having some good visuals for you soon so you might get to see our beautiful faces every now and then alright cool well thank you guys so much for listening that's all I have been Echo and she has been Natalie yes <laughs>